0: Coming up on the Dr. John Deloney Show.
1: Okay, so I got married in November. This is my second marriage. Okay. Congrats. Um, We don't live together.
0: Why don't y'all live together?
1: Uh, because the housing market is still high here. We're just kind of sitting and waiting.
0: I guess y'all get together for weekend hookups or whatever, but like, this isn't a marriage. You know what I mean? What's up, everybody? This is Dr. John Deloney's show. We talk about your mental health, your relationships, your schools, your education, whatever's going on in your life. I don't care. We're here to walk alongside you, and it's a mess out there. And this is a place where we're going to hang out and be rational. And we're going to be calm, and we're going to try to solve problems by sitting next to each other and figuring it out. Not yelling at one another and being like, you know what? This is not what we do. We're going to walk alongside just the greatest mental health podcast of all time ever. And YouTube shows, it's the best show ever. Um, my mom tells me that. Actually, she doesn't even tell me that. She's big into, like, outlander and stuff. But if you want to be on the show, call, uh, give us a shout, one 693 3291 That's 1-844-693-3291. Or go to com slash ask. And I'll point back out, dude, we are growing out there. We're up to seven out in the lobby now, which is officially doubles the entire listenership of the show, which is Awesome. It's good to see all seven listeners just yell like, we're just going to go in person. We're not even going to do this via the uh, headphones. That's awesome. So we'll try this again. I, I This is the second run through here for the intro because I screwed up the phones last time. So I'm going to try again to go to Missoula and talk to Erica. Hey, Erica, what's up? Hi, Dr. Delaney. How are you? I'm doing all
2: right.
0: How are you? Good. Sorry I hung up on you a minute ago. We're still friends, right? Of
2: course. Yes.
0: I'm. I've. I've. Got, I've got a very low number, so I need to preserve all I got. So what's up?
2: Um, I need to know some per- other perspective about whether or not I should forgive uh, my husband for basically cheating on me again.
0: Well, tell me about it.
2: Um, he he had an affair about ten years ago, and he um. We were able to reconcile. It took about a year and we also had my third child and um he I told him if he had ever cheated on me again I would leave him for good. And uh recently he got fired for sexual harassment at his job. Um oh, and
0: man. what happened?
2: He Told me that he was being fired, that he was being written up for sexual harassment because he made a stupid joke to somebody that's actually our friend, and she got very angry, and so she um, she reported him.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And this whole time, they weren't nobody was telling me anything about it, and it it lasted about a week. Um, and so the day that he was fired, he told me that it was for one one joke and it was, um, it ended up being more than one joke. But um, there, that wasn't the cheating, that he had been, that he had cheated, he had texted a girl half his age um and talking about things inappropriately, like wearing her thighs as earmuffs, and um, that's.
0: Uh, uh, what I miss what I, I miss what you she, said.
2: She talked about. He was texting this this girl about um, inappropriate things, like wearing her thighs as earmuffs. And oh, other okay, things.
0: gotcha, gotcha. Like just sexually explicit stuff. Okay, all right. I didn't hear. Yeah. What, I didn't hear what you said. Okay. Sorry. So wearing her thighs is earmuffs. I've never, I've literally never heard that one before. Um, so, um, uh, he gets in trouble at work. He's running his mouth being stupid. And, um, you know, as well as I do, it's rare that somebody, even though with all the backlash we have these days, it's rare that somebody fires you when it done. Right. So some, some sort of something was going on there. And then as a part of this, you found out the other thing was going on. So what's your, what's your big picture question?
2: Um, can I ever trust him again?
0: Hmm. What do you think? You've been living with him for a decade or more, right? How long have y'all been married?
2: Uh, t- we've been together for 24 years. We've 24 years. been well. married for 19.
0: Okay. Um, you tell me.
2: I don't feel like I can trust him. I feel like. I, I try to believe in people and that they can change and be better. So I feel like if he was to change, change and grow up, I feel like that would be—I would be able to trust him then. But
0: that's—it's those are you're making those are mutually those are not mutually exclusive. He can grow up and he can change, and that doesn't mean you have to be married to him. He can grow up and he can change and he did a couple of times nuke your marriage. You can choose to stay and be a part of that healing process, right? You see what I'm saying? There's a bunch of options and anytime we back ourselves into a corner and say it's either this or this, we're always going to make a less than good decision because we feel forced into a choice. And so you've got a bunch of different options here. The going back to your original question ultimately forgiveness is for you. And there's some, there's a, in, in the psycho- psychological literature, there's some arguments that go back and forth. And in the, in the clinical therapy space, people argue back and forth. I'm of the opinion. And again, you you can get online and find different opinions in from brilliant people, right? I'm of the opinion that there is little to no healing without forgiveness, Because forgiveness is for you. It's not for him. Forgiveness is you holding this brick that he placed in your hands, a brick of infidelity, a brick of lack of trust, a brick of dishonesty and forgiveness is you setting that down and saying, I'm not carrying your stuff anymore. I'm letting this go. Now we're going to have to deal with the consequences of this. I can't trust you. I don't want to be with you anymore. Um, I, between, there's a gap of 10 years between this behavior. I, I have to believe there was other things that went on, right? Whether it was all electronic or in person, who knows? But it's that, it's that gnawing, I, I don't know what comes next, right? That keeps you up at night. And you got t- a, a quarter of a century with this person. Y'all have made humans together, right? So there's something to not just throw away lightly. So I'll circle back to you. And this is the scary question that I'm pretty sure you have an answer to. What do you want to do?
2: I honestly don't know. I feel like if I if I uh, work on this healing with him and stay with him, that I'll be disrespecting myself. And Here,
0: here's what I think, honestly. And I've had this conversation with so many people over the years. I think you know. I think the consequences of your choice are scary. Is that fair? Yeah.
2: Yeah, I don't want my children. Have to go through a divorce, and I, I was, I had my parents divorced, and it they made it horrible for us. Yeah, and I don't want to do that to my children.
3: Right,
0: and again, you've you've put yourself in an either or. There are divorces where the adults in the room act like adults, and there is separations that say, "Hey, this has to happen because of so and so's behavior," but we're going to treat each other with dignity and respect for on behalf of these young kids. Right, so it's not a either. You have to stay miserable and disrespected and and in a hostile uh, situation, home life, or the kids have to go through a messy divorce. It's not an either or again, okay? It feels like you've made your choice, but the idea of separating, moving, getting your own place, dividing the estate, all of the stuff downstream is a lot of stuff. It's hard. That doesn't mean it's wrong. That means it's hard. Right. Is there an interim space? Have y'all spent some time apart?
2: Well, since he was fired from his job, he had to go work. I told him to go work in another state, and um, go so work,
0: gone. Go, go work in another state, <laughs> he, dude. That's he was I've heard of the dog house state
2: before. Oh, okay, <laughs> he was working in another state before, and then, um, and then COVID happened, and he was home for for that, and. Um, it okay. wasn't as much money, but it, he was, we were struggling, but um, I told him that was, seemed to be the only option for him yeah. to be able to live. <laughs> so he's he's gone for three to three plus weeks.
0: Okay. Um Yeah, I was going to say, I've heard of somebody like, you got to go sleep on the couch. I haven't heard somebody be like, you got to go sleep in Missouri or something. I haven't heard that. <laughs> That's a new <laughs> one, right? You got to go to Michigan. Um Here's what I think needs to happen. Two things. Number one, um, you've probably heard me say this on the show. I'll say it again because I think it's worth repeating. When somebody cheats on you, there's the obvious betrayal and there's the obvious disorientation. Like everything we thought we were standing on, the sidewalk that we walk on now is busted up, right? So that that happens. But the – I think the – as using the, the sidewalk metaphor, you can fix that sidewalk. You can go get a contractor who will walk alongside you and y'all can dig all that concrete up and it stinks and it's hot and all that. But you can get it done. You can clean that up. But I think the silent killer in infidelity is that you, Erica, no longer trust Erica because in your head you think, dude, I've been down this road. I should have seen this coming. How in the world, oh my gosh, how did I miss this? I'm crazy. And if he's good at what he does, he'll say, oh, it was a one-time thing. I was just drinking or I was this thing. And you're making a big deal about it. And you start to feel that you're crazy. And you start to feel that you can't trust you. And that's when you call a guy, just a rando dude on a podcast. And you're like, hey, I don't even know how to, I don't even know how to feel. You see what I'm saying? And so right. one of the important parts of healing from infidelity, and this is you get fired from a job that, you're, that you didn't see coming, right? Or a leader demotes you or gives you a pay cut that you don't see coming, right? These are any type of relational interactions that are out of the blue and that fracture the relationship. Is you've got to sit down and heal. I've got to learn to retrust myself. And just because this happened doesn't mean I'm not trustworthy, I'm going to always look in the mirror and say, did I contribute anything in this in this relationship? Am I going to participate? And I know that's not PC to say, you know, did I participate in this? Have I? What role did I play here? And then I'm going to be honest with a counselor, with a group of close friends walking through. I am trustworthy. And here's what I think the next right step is. And so one, I think you need to go talk to a counselor by yourself. And say this is what happened, because my guess is over the last two decades together, in between the two instances of infidelity, there's been some significant distance between the two of you. Is that fair? Um, he worked. Yes, yeah, I mean,
1: he
2: he worked I, in another I believe state. in the whole seasons, but yeah. every time we've had ever we've ever had any issues, or I felt like we were um in danger, I. We've gone and seen counselors, or, and if that didn't work, I was trained to work on myself. And
0: okay. So you've put the time and the effort in, and it's, it's a, you're looking at this as though you failed, you screwed something up. And okay. I need, I need you to hear me say you didn't fail. Okay. Great.
2: Right. Do you believe me? Yes.
0: Okay. I need you to internalize that you didn't fail. And if this ends up in divorce, you have options so that it doesn't turn into a mess that you experienced as a kid. Is it going to hurt your children? hundred percent. Absolutely. Is it going to be a mess? Yes. Is it going to be hard? Yes. All those things are true. Um, But that doesn't mean it's not the right thing. And choosing to go get back up on the horse again and go through the healing process again and what is this going to look like? That's not uh, necessarily the wrong choice either.
2: I'm afraid that if I do that,
0: that he'll do it again. I, I mean, I think all the evidence suggests that's the case,
2: right?
0: But I'm not going to sit here on the phone after talking to you for five minutes and say you got to get out of this relationship. I think it's a mess. I definitely think it's a mess. Um, tell me about your friend that you said your husband told a, a dirty joke to somebody or dirty jokes to somebody who happened to be a friend who told on him and ultimately led to his departure. Are y'all still talking?
2: Barely. Um, she wants, she says that she just needed a safe space to work. And I feel like she could, it's, I feel like she could have come in outside of work and told me what was going on. And I would have, we could have handled it that way versus causing a financial hardship on our family in addition
0: to the So here, hear me say this. I, I think she did the right thing. And the person who caused the financial hardship issues in your home is your husband, not her. Now I would expect my friend to come tell me, right? So I get that. The, like the, the, schoolyard code i get that totally but it's your husband that put another woman in an uncomfortable position at work and based on what you've told me i don't trust that there was one dirty joke that was told that ultimately led to him getting fired my guess is there's a pattern of behavior there right right and so her repeatedly having to go to work and be uncomfortable next to her best friend's cheating husband who also is making sexual jokes which often sexual jokes are fishing expeditions because if she laughs or she winks or she tells a funny sexual joke back, now we have this connection and now, right. See what I'm saying? So it can go down a road and her saying, I feel uncomfortable. Um, or if she'd ever, anyway, all I have to say is you're going to have to have, this is the second thing. You got to have some adult conversations. You got to sit down with him and say, what's the future. I need six months by myself to be separated, or I've lost trust in you. Um, At this point, I don't feel comfortable being married to you, or I'm willing to try this thing again. Like, y'all need to get in a room and go to breakfast somewhere and have some hard conversations directly across the table, okay? Just saying, you go away, it's not going to help. And having these conversations at home in the context of being at home is going to be... Hard because it's that that your home is charged and the kids are right there in the next room. So get out of the house, y'all go sit somewhere and tell them we're going to have a hard adult conversation. And tell them I don't know that I can be married to you anymore, but also I remember what happened to me. And so if we go down this road of divorce, we're going to have to be adults on behalf of these kids. And is that pie in the sky thinking on my part? It might be. I just have this belief that adults can be adults even when it's hard, and I know that. There's millions of people that act like children all the time. It's annoying. Um, But all the way back to your original question, forgiveness is for you. And so maybe this breakfast that y'all go to, this lunch or dinner y'all go to, you start that by by write that down. Put it on a brick. Put a piece of tape on a brick and write down cheating or you cheated. And put that on the table and hand it to him and say, I'm not carrying this anymore. I forgive you. Now here's how I feel, and here's some of the consequences of what happened. And we're going to move forward that way. Forgiveness doesn't mean passivity. Forgiveness doesn't mean consequences. Forgiveness doesn't mean I forget everything. Forgiveness just means I'm not carrying this, and that's for you, not for him. Don't carry that around, Um, but do go see somebody. You got some healing work to do, and you need some help sifting through the jungle of your feelings and thoughts right now because it's a lot. And the last thing I'll tell you, I'll remind you, it's not your fault. It's not your fault. We'll be right back. Have you ever thought about how a lot of us would drop anything to help somebody else, but we often don't give ourselves the same level of care? We spend time, energy, money on everyone else. But when it comes to making time for vacation, for exercise, for talking with a mentor, for sleep, even going to therapy— We don't do it. And we don't even realize it. We don't even think about it. You are worth it. This month, BetterHelp Online Therapy wants to remind you that you are important, that you are worth being well, and therapy is a super important way you can show up for yourself. BetterHelp is online therapy that offers video, phone, even live chat sessions with your therapist. You don't even have to see anyone on a camera if you don't want to. It's more affordable than in-person therapy, and you can be matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Today, Dr. John Deloney Show listeners get 10% off their first month. So decide to invest in yourself. You are worth it. And go to betterhelp.com Deloney to get 10% off. That's betterhelp.com Deloney. All right, cool kids. We are what is that? Cool Kids and Kitten? Who is that? Was that
2: Cool Cats and Kittens.
0: Was that uh, Carol Baskin? Uh, Carol Baskin, yeah. Carol Baskin, dude, talk about that coming out of nowhere, man. Oh, Carol B, we need to get her on the show. No, we don't. We do not. All right, let's go to Patrick in Cleveland. What's up, Patrick? Hey, Doctor John, how are you? Balling, dude. 20-inch blades, only Impala. What are you doing?
3: <laughs> That's good. Uh, I've been <laughs> better, but I'm glad to talk to you. <laughs> that was a good.
0: That was a good diss. You're like, ah, that was good. Thanks, man. That was, I, I deserve that. All right, so what's up?
3: So I am just at a point like a breaking point in my life where I feel like I am just so overwhelmed. I don't even know who I am anymore. Like I'm just ready to explode. I just I, I don't even know what it's like to be happy anymore and I just can't take it anymore. So I need some insight.
0: Yeah, man. Well, thanks for calling. Um unpack that a little bit for me.
3: Well, it's definitely a lot a lot to it. Um definitely a mixed bag with a lot of years of of trauma and a lot going on, but to get condense it all I'd say the last decade of my life, I mean I'm thirty now, and the last decade of my life I've just had to constantly be on. And why? I just well, I'm a chronic people pleaser and I and I take on way more than I can handle. Okay. It's because I'm so driven and motivated to get where I want in life.
0: Hold on, hold on. Before we get going, I want us to begin to change our language as you tell the story. Is that cool? Sure. So instead of saying I've had to be on for the last decade. I want you to change the language to have chosen to be on for the last decade. Yeah. We're going to start taking ownership of this. Okay. And that's the first, that's the first line. Like that's the starting line to getting well. Okay. Cool. So you've chosen to please everybody and to take on a whole bunch of stuff and to be driven and ambitious. Um, what are you running from? Like what did somebody tell you that you weren't going to make it when you were a kid or you come from a pretty rough situation? Like, you're you're running from yeah. something. What is it?
3: I definitely am running. I've been sprinting, but no, you're exactly you're exactly right. I came from a really rough childhood. Okay. Uh, my uh, I'm the youngest of five boys. Uh, divorced family, alcoholics. My mom died when I was 22 on my birthday. Oh man, um, I was molested as a kid numerous times. Yeah, um, just a lot. A broken, broken family. I had to constantly uh, be a therapist to my own mom. She overtook my bedroom. I had to sleep in my dad's room. She slept with a knife. It just a lot.
0: Yeah.
3: And and what do you do for living yeah. now? Well, um, I I'm a musician. I play in three different band bands mm-hmm. and, uh, I am in a sales job and it's finally like a big boy job. You know, I've always taken jobs in my twenties where it was like, okay, I didn't really care if I didn't work there anymore, but being 30, I figured it's time to take on a career because I wasn't sure where my music was going. And I was getting to this point where I was getting really discouraged. And now that I've taken on this career, it's, it's becoming harder to balance my music because mm-hmm. um, this is a lot more demanding of a job. And it's, it's you know, forced me to travel for work. And, and mm-hmm. it's, it's really affecting my, my job. I'm almost feeling like I'm going to lose my job because I'm so stressed. Right. Um, what, is the,
0: yeah. um, what, is the, what does the music give you?
3: Well, the music is my true passion, and, and I've, I've always told people, like, it's almost a curse to find your true passion because what you, when you can't guarantee it's going to happen or anything's going to come of it, mm-hmm. it's like you can't just go to college and get your degree and just be like, okay, I've made it. It's like all a gamble.
0: Yeah, here, and- here's let me, let me back up. So here's the thing about passion. We're passionate about what we're good at, and we're good at what we mm-hmm. practice, and most of us practice what we we're made to practice when we were younger. Or that we develop the discipline and skill to practice when we're older. Mm-hmm. And my guess is you've been playing music a long time. And I grew up playing in bands. I still play in bands. I love it. It makes me so joyful. There's nothing funner mm-hmm. than, than playing with a group of people, especially in front of a big audience that, that enjoys what you're doing. Mm-hmm. That's something you like doing. But you're getting something from that, not just fulfilling your passion. Because you like connecting with people, is my guess, or you like making other people feel at ease. And that's the same thing that kept you alive as a kid. Mm -hmm. And now that same defense mechanism has become the way you operate in the world. And it's exhausting Mm -hmm. because your body is still in fight or flight. See what I'm saying? You can get passionate about sales. As you practice it and get better at it and better at it, and especially if you're selling something you believe in and you sit down across a table from somebody or a corporation and you say, I can make y'all's lives better with this product. Dude, that connection, you'll get good at that and you'll become passionate about it. I've never been on the radio ever until two and a half years ago. And now I'm super Mm -hmm. passionate about it. I love it but I've been practicing like crazy and I do it all day, every day and early in the morning. And you know what I mean? So you'll get passionate about things. They're getting something from music. And it's either a connection that you finally feel like you belong with a group of men and women that you play with or in front of an audience or you're talented. I don't know what the thing is you're getting, but here's the thing. That thing that you're getting is also killing you. And at some point you're going to have to pick one band and let the other ones go you're going to have to say, I, I do this on the side. This is a thing that I love to do, but I'm going to work really hard to become really good at sales so that I can eat. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Or blow it all and say, forget it. I'm going to ride or die on this thing. Like I, I mean, if you want to be a great musician, go be a great musician and just know that you know most musicians don't make it, and that's fine. Um, you don't have to be rich and wealthy to, to have a good life, but you got to just make that decision, and this is the big thing. <sighs> Exhale. Mm -hmm. And so let me tell you this. I don't think you're addicted to people pleasing. I think you're trying to survive. And pleasing people when you were young kept you from maybe not getting molested this time or maybe not getting your head kicked in by one of your older brothers. Mm -hmm. People pleasing as a kid, you were told, kept mom from killing herself. Mm-hmm. That's not an addiction to people-pleasing. That is an addiction to surviving. Okay? Yeah. And that same thing that kept you alive as a kid is now wearing you out. Mm-hmm. Right? And so, yes. for whatever it's worth, man, I'm just some stranger on the internet, but I'm giving you permission to stop. Your life's worth more than this. Right? Yeah. And what you don't have is you don't have a picture of what peace looks like, do you?
3: Not at all. Yeah,
0: so you're running as fast as you can, solving, accomplishing, playing, being good at these things so that people will look at you and go, that guy's got it together. I'm going to tell you, you're going to end up a salesman who's really good. I think every kid should either do theater or and or m- music, every single child in the world. Because if you can master a stage, you can do anything. If you can be good in front of people, whether it's six people or 106 people or 1,000 a, a, a people, you can do anything. You're going to be a great salesman because you know how to connect with an audience. And you're going to get a million dollars, and you're going to pay off your house, and you're going to have a new Tesla, and you're going to be married. <laughs> and you're going to find yourself asking your kid to move out of his room so you can go sleep in his bed. Because those things (laughs) won't heal you. You know what I mean? Yeah. They're cool mile markers on a sprint, but they are not going to heal you. And, dude, I want to pay my house off, and I want a nice Tesla, and I want – you know what I mean? I want those things, but I know that those things aren't going to solve me. Right. And the question I have for you is do you want to stop?
3: I don't want to stop – pursuing my dreams of music. Mm -hmm. I've not given up the fact that I could maybe make it really, really far. And I've already achieved a good level of success. And I think that's where I struggle is I don't I can't come to grips with the idea of possibly never making it, whatever that means.
0: Because you've put making it, exactly, that's a great point, by the way, making it, like what, who've, that, that bar moves every time you get to wherever you think you're going to go, right? Every time you sell exactly. out the theater, they're like, well, what about this place? And every time you sell out the club, then it's like, well, are you going to move to sell out this place? And so that line moves, but you think that you are going to feel a certain way when you get to a place. And I'm telling you right now, that place does not exist.
3: You are spot on. Is that fair? It is because I've achieved a lot of these different things, and every time I get them, I go, okay, what's next?
0: A friend of mine tells a great story. He was a guitar player for a, a famous songwriter, and he was walking onto Carnegie Hall. He was waiting in the wings, and he had his phone. He was putting his phone away, and he got a ding, and he checked his cell phone balance. I mean his, his bank balance on a cell phone, and it was negative. It was in the red. Let him know there's just been an overdraft. And he put it in his pocket as he walked out to play in Carnegie Hall in New York. And it was like, I made it, and I'm broke. You know what I mean? Like, there right, is no—or right. you get off stage, and you're like, that was awesome. And then you get back on the same stupid bus and go to the next town. You know what I mean? You know that. Yeah. And you'll make an incredible sale, and you'll feel so good. And you'll go to dinner, and it'll feel good. And you wake up the next morning, and you got to go to the gym again. And then you got to be nice to your wife and your kids again. And then you got to start the, making new cold calls, again. right? The whole thing just starts over again. And for some yeah. people, that fries them out. For me, I've learned to love that about life. I love it. Because my mm-hmm. value isn't found there. And nobody may have ever told you this, but I need you to hear me say, Patrick, you are worth laying down in bed at night and just going to sleep. Mm-hmm. And you're worth loving somebody and not worrying about if they're going to molest you or take something from you. Yeah. And you're worth loving somebody all in and not worrying about if they're going to take their life and die by suicide. Hmm. You know what I mm-hmm. mean? And nice I know you don't believe that. me. I know you don't believe me. And it's your fair not to believe me. Your body's like, okay, that's cute, brother. You haven't lived what I've lived. And you're right. Um, I share more of your story than you know. But what I'll tell you is this. There is healing on the other side of this if you want it. But here's what that looks like, okay? And this is hard. You're going to have to decide to identify the things that kept you alive as a kid that are now hurting you as an adult, obsession with people-pleasing, trying to do too many things, saying yes to everything, letting one thing that was really important to you um, dial in it back a bit so that you can be successful in something else. Those things, you got to identify them and choose to intentionally set them down. And it's going to feel like taking off articles of clothing in a public intersection. Mm-hmm. You're going to feel completely exposed. And that's where the healing begins.
3: Yeah. It's almost like if I am less active on social media and engaging with my fans, I feel like I'm I'm backtracking, you know? Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm trying to stop that.
0: Listen, Patrick, it's a lie. It's a it lie. Is. All burnout is. It's a real thing. It is a physiological thing. It's not just I'm tired. It's you're experiencing it. It's when your body says, we have been fighting and fleeing for too long. We're out. I'm out. Mm -hmm. I've tried to get your attention with anxiety. I've tried to get your attention with depression. I've tried to get your attention with chaos. I've tried. I've tried. I'm out. I'm just done. Okay. So your body just says, screw you. I'm going home. (laughs) I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. And so here's what you've got to promise me. Number one, you'll reach out and decide for the first time in your life, I'm going to get healing. I'm going to go call a professional. And that's what you need. you got to have counseling. I had to have it. People I love have to have it. You're there, okay? You need to go talk to a yeah. professional and say, I'm worth this. You also have to pick one of these three bands and say, I'm going to sit this one out. I've got too much yeah. on my plate. Are you willing to do yeah. that?
3: 100%. Which band? that's the struggle is which band I choose because both of them are very, well, all of them are popular and demanding and mm-hmm. it's just hard to, hard to pick.
0: And then they're going to find somebody else that plays guitar or bass or drums. And then they're going to go on about their day and you are too. And you're going to feel yeah. that twinge of, ah, oh, I wish I was there, but then we're going to move on. You know what I mean? And here's the thing. If yeah. that band goes on and becomes Pearl Jam, you know what you are? Alive. Yeah. Cause you won't be on the, the trajectory you're on. Yeah, Okay. For sure. So a um, couple of real quick things, okay? And then I'll let you go. Okay. Do I have your commitment to um, getting well? Like I want this to be different?
3: Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. So you're going to call a professional counselor. You're going to make that call today?
3: I've actually already been trying to see one, and she's understanding me. She's not giving me a lot of skill sets yet, but okay. she's understanding.
0: on to the next then. Find somebody that you connect with. And if you don't connect in that first session, say, thank you so, so much. I'm grateful for you. You're going to make another appointment. Um, no, thank you. I appreciate your time. Right? Okay. Yeah. But I want you to go in and say, I've got some very serious childhood traumas. I've got some very serious pathologies that I deal with. Sexual abuse, physical abuse, all sorts of stuff. And I'm ready to heal. Mm-hmm. I want you to use that type of language. I want you to take that type of ownership, okay? The second yeah. thing is is you have to get a group of men in your life that you can do life with and just hang out. That could be your band, but often band becomes a performance and it be literally and it becomes a uh status thing. You need a group right. of guys you can prop your feet up with and say, I'm not doing okay today. And they're not gonna Definitely. go, well, what about the band, bro? You don't need that. You need a friend that's a banker and like one that mows lawns. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Right, it does right. different things. Um, are you married now? I am not. Okay. Are you interested in that? Or are you just ready to chill?
3: Well, I'm, I've am i been with a girl now for four years, and that was another thing that's aside that I would <laughs> like to get your interest or, excuse me, your intellect from. But I know our time is limited, but she's pressuring me to get married, and I'm just not in the position where I'm ready mentally.
0: That's cool. I mean, four years is a long time. That's fair for her, it and is, that's fair is. for you, right? Um, it is. What I—, I let's set up another call for that one. So we'll go down that rabbit hole at at another one. Here's the third thing I want you to commit to. Will you commit to making exercise and sleep and eating a little bit better a priority?
3: And that I currently do. So I'm there.
0: Good. But you start in that order. Sleep first. Everything comes after sleep. If Mm -hmm. I have to skip a workout, I'm going to skip a workout so I can get sleep. I'm going to miss the, I still haven't seen the new Top Gun movie. I haven't seen several movies that are out. Because sleep is still the priority. I haven't had the time, okay? Yeah. I'm going to make those priorities. I'm going to miss this gig because of sleep. Or I had this gig, so I'm going to have to sleep. Anyway, you know what I mean? Make Mm -hmm. those things a priority so that your body has a chance to do the healing that it needs to do. Cool? Absolutely. So let me tell you this. On the other side of this, fast forward two and a half years, and you're engaged. And if not, tied up, okay? Okay. I said that in a real negative way. You're married and not tied up. Like your life is good. (laughs) The choices you make right now to decide to be well, there is light at the end of this tunnel if you want to make that journey. And it's going to suck. It will not Mm -hmm. be fun. And it will be worth every single step. Because on the back end, you're going to be able to laugh. You're not going to have to put your back into a corner. Like every time you walk into a restaurant, put your back up against the wall so you can see the whole restaurant. You're going to be able to not get raged out, angry when somebody cuts you off. You're going to be able to lay your head down and just fall asleep in the arms of somebody that you love and not worry about what's going to happen.
3: There's this Mm -hmm. peace, brother. Does
0: that make sense?
3: It makes perfect sense.
0: Do you want that?
3: I want it more than anything.
0: Okay. I'm tired. I'm tired. I got it. I got you. All right. So we're going to make that call today and find another therapist and hang on the line here. I'm going to give you a copy of Own Your Past, Change Your Future. It's my treat to you. Um, read it give it to your girlfriend y'all read it together and um begin this journey moving forward i'm really proud of you for just saying enough's enough's enough i got to do something different i've been there millions of people have been there and the first step is one of bravery so good for you brother good for you you can do it you can do it and i'll walk with you every step of the way give me a shout back let's talk about this girlfriend of yours too we'll be right back Y'all know there are lots of things that make me nuts, but one thing makes me more nuts than anything else. Buying a home. And my friends who refinance their homes, they tell me it makes them nuts too. I love living in a new home, but I gotta be honest. I'm no good at buying one. And that's why I'm so thankful for people like my friends at Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is a Ramsey-trusted provider who we've been sending people to for over 20 years to help with home mortgages. Why? Because they're committed to doing what's right for you. And that means walking you through paperwork that's way over your head. That means making sure you get the right mortgage that you can pay off as soon as possible. And they don't try to upsell you a bunch of nonsense that's going to hurt you down the road. And most importantly, when you're making this big life change, you can actually... breathe, because you got an expert and a team who have your back. Listen, if you're about to buy a home and make a big change, save yourself the headache and call Churchill Mortgage today at 888-LOAN-200. Trust me, that's 888-LOAN-200. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. ConsumerAccess.org, Equal Housing Lender. 1749 Mallory Lane Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Programs are for select loan types only and are not available in all states or locations. All right, let's go to Let's go to Jill in Cedar City, Utah. What's up, Jill?
1: Hi, Dr. John. I'm so honored to be speaking with you. I Thank am you. more
0: honored to be talking <laughs> to you. What's up?
1: I'm a little nervous. Um, I am I appreciated too. that last call. I, too, sing in a band, so I can relate to a lot of that. Thank you.
0: You got it. Thank you so much. So what's up?
1: Um, my question is how do I show up for my kids and my husband through this transition phase that we're in and not get so exhausted? Um, so I guess you want a little backstory.
0: Um, <laughs> I can just start throwing <laughs> answers at you. They'll probably be, <laughs> it'll probably be incredible, but yes, some more contacts would be helpful.
1: Okay. So I got married in November. This is my second marriage. Okay. Um Congrats. We don't live together. Thank you. We live 30 minutes apart. Um so half the time I'm home, raising my kids, doing all that stuff. Why don't y'all live together? Uh, because the housing market is still high here. We're just kind of sitting and waiting. Um, well, and it's also because I have five kids and their whole lives are right here and they have to go to school here. And he's got a ranch where he's at. So we're just not sure how to meet in the middle, but there really is nothing, nothing coming up. For us um,
0: so hmm. you get that you've put yourself in a pretty tough position to be successful, right?
1: Yeah, I'm working three jobs at home yeah. to try and make ends meet where I'm at and I do enjoy I do enjoy those things.
0: Is your husband not like at some point he has to decide. Y'all have to decide, are we going to move these five kids to the ranch and we're going to do this life thing together, or he's going to get somebody to take care of his ranch and he's going to move into your place, y'all's place, or y'all are going to sell both things and move to Texas. I don't know. I don't care what y'all are doing, but you got married and then y'all just kept living each other's independent lives. And I guess y'all get together for <laughs> weekend hookups or whatever, but like, this isn't a marriage. You know what I mean?
1: No. Yeah, it doesn't feel
0: like a marriage. No. no, well, I mean, it's it just set out of the gate without being a marriage. Y'all went and got a certificate mm-hmm. and had a ceremony, but, like, y'all aren't married. Like, yeah, his I money is your money, and your there. money is his money. And his yeah. kids are your kids. I mean, y'all are in this thing together.
1: Right. Yes, yeah, that's how it feels. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> it is. So, mm-hmm. what's the, what's the holdup?
1: Um, I did offer to move there and travel with my kids back and forth. But he wanted to keep one of his bedrooms for his children, for his son to come home when he wanted to come home. And the house is really small. I'm in a rental. He owns his place.
0: Jill, 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 uh, Jill, 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 Jill. Jill, Jill. Uh, I, I'm assuming that no one's told you what I'm about to tell you. And you know if you've listened to this show more than once that I will never lie to you, okay? Uh-huh. Um, but this isn't going to work. You don't marry somebody and let them rent a house in another city so that you can have an extra spare room for your kids whenever they show up. What a mess.
1: Yeah. The other thing that's making this really hard is he has um, anxiety and depression. That, and I just, that, that's, I'm trying to show up for him.
0: That is all. I, I could care less about that right now. That okay. isn't the other problem. You all have created a completely disconnected existence from one another, and you're calling each other husband and wife. You are no more married than me and—I was going to say me and Kelly, but me and Kelly are more married than y'all two are. (laughs) Right? She's like within 10 feet of me. I see her every single day for hours on end. God help us all. And I'm (laughs) just kidding. She's, But you know, see what I'm saying?
1: Mm -hmm.
2: Just your
0: language. He doesn't want me in his house. It's y'all's house. Did you sign the prenup that, that you don't, that the ranch, you have nothing to do with the ranch?
1: Um, I'm not on, no, and I'm not on any of his financial things.
0: I know, but you're his wife. If he died today, you're the wife. It goes to you.
1: Yeah, it goes to his ex-wife, his life insurance. stuff.
0: What?
1: Um, that was in his divorce that until his last child support payment, um, his life insurance goes to his ex And I think the state would take his, his home and land and stuff at this point. So I don't—we've talked about it several times. He hasn't really given me an answer.
0: Okay. Um, okay, listen. I am very—Laz, I'm real big on, somebody called earlier in this show and asked me, you know, their husband had cheated on them a couple of times and asked me, and I, 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 my answer to them was, what do you think? So here's what I'm telling you. I'm not telling you what do you think. I'm telling you, you deserve more than this. Y'all deserve more than this. And y'all are playing married in a tragic way. Your kids are getting a picture of this is what marriage looks like.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: This is how a man takes care of his wife. She works three jobs and rents a house in another city because I want to sh- keep an empty bedroom. I mean, it's non—the it's- whole thing is insane, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know what this dude's trying to pull off, but um, I have a real, real direct heart. Like, what happens if he dies? I guess you go on renting a house and <laughs> working three jobs, yeah. right? You're living yeah. a life— <laughs> You are living the life that we t- I tell people to get life insurance to avoid. You know what I mean?
1: hmm
0: How long have y'all been married? November? Yeah. <sighs> so here, if I'm you, I'm only going to tell you if I'm you, I would say, hey, we need to, have, we need to talk. And I'll even drive out to your ranch. And by the way, I'd start changing that language real quick to our ranch, ours, to our rental home, to our kids, this you and my stuff, your marriage will never, it will never work because it's our stuff and my stuff and your stuff. This is ours. We're in this thing together. That fine. He's got a life insurance policy for his ex-wife through some decree. Fine. He's going to have to get one on you. Um, I started
1: that process
0: myself. No, um, no, no. He's got to participate. <laughs> Not yeah. participate. He's got to lead the effort. Okay. To love his new wife enough to take care of her if he dies. So that's a small price to pay. You'll have to have a three month plan to unify your families. And at some point, you may have to look at him and say, is this ranch more important than your marriage to me? Because if it is, I need to know. Because then I got to make other plans. Okay. If you're keeping this ranch up, and it might be, I mean, it might be an incredible ranch. I'm all about ranches. I'm from Texas. I love me a good ranch. I would love to have one one day. Uh, It will never be more important than my wife. I'm never going to, I can't even wrap my head around my wife living 45 minutes away with five kids renting a house. I mean, it just sounds preposterous. You know what I'm saying? And here's what happens. Mm -hmm. This stuff happens step by step, quietly and quietly, and you start to think this is normal. And so hear me say, Jill, you're not crazy. This is nuts. Do you feel isolated out on an island by yourself?
1: Yeah. Yeah, I feel... You should, (laughs) because you are. (laughs) (laughs) You are. (laughs)
0: And I here's what I hate. I hate that this might end up in a really messy situation. I do. I hate you having to sit down and say, "Do you love this ranch more than me?" Because I can't do marriage. Or we're just gonna be married and just live in other towns indefinitely, while your kids do whatever and my five kids. Like that's just not how it's gonna work, man. You gotta have a plan to come together. And yeah. he and he might say no. Okay, so be ready for the, but y'all need to get in a room and you need to write down really quick what you need. You need life insurance. You need to live with your husband. You need to have your husband involved in your five kids' lives. Y'all need to come up with a plan for working with exes. Y'all need to dig all that, yeah, go through all of that stuff and not just hook up on weekends. Is that okay. fair? Is that fair?
1: hmm Yeah. I feel
0: like I'm getting on to you, but I, I'm not trying to get on to you. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to like just shake the snow globe a little bit and let you see how bonkers this is. Yeah, it feels
1: feels bonkers.
0: Okay, because it is. So if nothing, if nothing else, you called uh, Yahoo with a podcast and a YouTube show to tell you that, yes, you are correct. This is bonkers. <laughs> this is, this is bonkers. Now, as a part of healing, your husband may have to deal with his anxiety and his depression. 100%. That's done with connection, not hiding on a ranch. He may have to deal with his anxiety and depression. That's something he's got to decide as, as a person living in the world, I want to heal from this. This is not something that you can just, quote, unquote, manage or have to, quote, unquote, deal with. That's not how he's going to heal, okay? He's got to decide, I want to be a part of this. And then you can be a part of his healing plan, but it's going to have to be something he decides he wants to heal from.
1: And so when he's around my kids, he's, he's very impatient. I don't want to put him down cause he plays with them and he's super sweet, but he gets really impatient really quickly and very critical.
0: Yes. Um, yes. Yes.
1: His, his kids were kind of taken from him and don't have much to do with them. And so I think it triggers him to be around my kids.
0: So here's the deal. I'm not letting anybody who is going to be triggered around my children, around my children. And I realize this puts you in a strange pickle because you decided to marry this guy. But I'm not putting somebody around my kids. It's not safe to be around my kids, even if it's my new uh, new husband. And so we're going to have a conversation, you and him, about here's what it looks like when you're with our kids. You're patient and you're kind and you're gentle and you're fun. And we will slowly lean into accountability as we blend these families together. But I'll take the chief, the lion's share of the discipline as we transition this thing and slowly move it as the kids come to trust you and love you. And that only comes through presence and connectivity. Day in, day out, relationship, relationship, relationship. It's not this random dude who shows up every week to hook up with their mom and then goes back to his ranch. Man, what a mess. Uh, my heart's broken for you, Jill. I'm sorry. Um, there's only hard conversations ahead. My hope is that you sit down and say, You have a list of your needs written out. I got to be safe. I've got to be with you. I've got to live in the same house as you with these five kids. I've got to have these things. This is what a marriage is ours. I've got to be on the deed to the house that we're going to share together in case you die. So I have a place to live so they don't ship it all off to your ex wife. I'm your new wife. I'm first. I'm first, I'm first, I'm first, because I'm your wife. And we're going to start there. And my hope is he goes, oh, thank God. Will you walk with me as we untangle all this? Yes, I will. I'm all in. That's why I married you. But you got to know this conversation is going to be a risk. Because you might say, I'm not doing all that. It's too much of a mess. Let's come back in a year and whatever. And I would tell him, well, I'm not going to tell you that. I'll tell you, I wouldn't wait a year. That's what I'm telling you because I married you a year ago. I'm so sorry, Jill. We'll be right back. All right, as we wrap up today's show, Man, those are heavy. (laughs) Listen, you are worth more than the life you're living. Seek joy, seek laughter, seek connection with people, and do not settle for less than being loved. So we wrap up today's show, man. Um, Andrew, back there on the uh, YouTubes, came up with this song, man. From the one and only journey. And it's not, don't stop. Not that one. It's Faithfully. And it goes like this. Highway run into the midnight sun and the wheels go round and round. Now Kelly's dancing back there. You're on my mind. Restless heart, sleep alone tonight, sending all my love along the wire. They say that the road ain't no place to start a family. Right down the line, it's been you and me and loving a music man ain't always what it's supposed to be. Oh, girl, you stand by me. I'm forever yours faithfully. <sighs> I love it. We'll see you soon. Coming up on the next episode. Hey. Hey. I haven't got a good hey in a long time. So, hey. that- <laughs> so what's up?
1: My daughter, I think, she- I feel like she basically has the
0: life that I want. Oh. All right, so. Um... <laughs> can I just can I stop you? That's literally my favorite. When somebody's like, all right, so
3: uh, I always know it's going to be good. I found out later on that she, in fact, uh, had a sexually transmitted disease. You know, at that point, I had it as well. I just don't know what to do. I mean, it's been seven years. I haven't had any relationships since then.
1: I think I'm broken. I don't really love my newest child.
3: You're not broken. If you enjoy this podcast, you should check out other great podcasts from the Ramsey Network, like Borrowed Future. Not-so-fun fact, America has a $1.6 trillion student loan crisis, and it's out of control. I'm George Camel, host of the Borrowed Future podcast, where we uncover the underbelly of the student loan industry and show you what you can do about it. It'll inspire you to see that it is possible to avoid student loans and graduate college debt-free. Listen to Borrowed Future wherever you listen to podcasts.